After winning the opening series three games to one, the Milwaukee Brewers went on to sweep the Reds, take two of three from the Cubs, get swept by the Angels, and are currently in position to at worst take two of three from the spiraling Los Angeles Dodgers. The Cardinals, meanwhile, swept the two-game series with the Pirates, avoided getting swept by the Padres, then swept the Dodgers in four games at home before heading to Mexico, where they dropped game one of the two-game set to the Reds today, trying to salvage a series split. What's up, everybody? I'm Tara Wellman. Welcome back to Bird Seeds. If this is your first time in my neck of the woods, I'm glad that you are here. I cover the St. Louis Cardinals for birdsontheblack.com, and I post daily and weekly videos right here on this channel. Everything from game recaps to fun baseball-related topics and series previews just like this one. My goal is always to keep fans like you in the loop and entertained. Today, we will be looking at the upcoming series with the Milwaukee Brewers. It is part two of the Cardinals-Brewers saga for 2019. So if you like the sound of that, hit subscribe. If you want to make sure you see all the videos that come out, turn on the notifications. And if you like what you see, hit that like button. Let's continue. The Brewers sent the Cardinals, or at least their fans, reeling after that season opener series at Miller Park just a few short weeks ago. Now, while the Cardinals have rebounded slightly and the Brewers have cooled just as slightly, there's no change to the importance of these NL Central games. Today, though, I wanted to focus a little more on the Cardinals side of the rivalry, so I am joined by Brandon Schaefer from KMOV in St. Louis as we set up this week in Milwaukee. Brendan, thanks so much for joining me today. As you can all probably imagine, we're recording this prior to the Cardinals completing the series with the Reds in Monterey, Mexico, but we had to get it in because they turn right around and play again tomorrow. So first of all, how are you and what have you thought of the Mexico series? Good, good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I thought, I think the Mexico series is a cool thing for the Cardinals to be able to do. I know some fans were asking about like the travel, like you mentioned, they play again tomorrow having to, to have a pretty significant travel day um, between the two stops. But um, I think it's really cool that the Cardinals can be involved, be involved in something like that. Um, I guess, I don't know if this is factual or not, but with the attendance, not maybe what um, people had thought or hoped that it could be and, and maybe the reasons behind that. Um, I, I, I would wish they would make it as accessible as possible for the people down there to attend because I feel like that's the way you get uh, an exciting environment. Maybe perhaps that isn't the way that it um, that it's gone this time around, but hopefully in the future they can maybe amend that a little bit so that, you know, you can get a packed house in there and be excited about the, you know, the, the sport that they, they don't really have a, uh, you know, don't have a major league team, but certainly love their baseball in Mexico. Yeah, it, it was interesting because it was kind of a selling point of this series that, you know, it's this great atmosphere and, and these fans are so crazy and passionate and it's going to be really, uh, you know, over the top as far as the experience goes. And there were a lot of empty seats in that stadium yeah. uh, in game one. So definitely something I think that they'll they'll have to consider. And I know like for the London series coming up, there were some concerns about the accessibility of getting those tickets for fans in uh, in the area. So hopefully that's something they'll address and they'll be able to um, kind of get that environment that they're hoping for as they move forward. But the Cardinals will take on the Brewers once again in Milwaukee. And it feels like they were just there. You were also there for were, that opening yeah. <laughs> series. Um, quick turnaround to play this team, particularly when the Cardinals left that series 
um, maybe looking a little less than what a lot of people expected them to be. I know you were there for that series, kind of walked away with a little bit of a different feel from that. What did you take away from what you saw from the Cardinals and from the Brewers really in that opening series? Yeah, I, I think I said it after that final game finished where, you know, the Cardinals lost three out of four, but all in all, very competitive games. And you can point to maybe one little moment here, one decision. And, you know, and it was a really weird series because some of that was should they pinch hit in like the fourth inning, like <laughs> stuff like that, that it's not necessarily an obvious right or wrong. But, you know, Mike Schilt makes a decision and and he, he does so decisively and, and lets the chips fall where they may. And in that series, they just didn't fall in the Cardinals favor. But I wasn't thinking it was necessarily a detriment to the Cardinals future and that it was all was lost because of it. Um, certainly the starting pitching did not fare very well in that series. And we've seen, I think in a lot of ways, the pitching as a whole come around since then, especially the bullpen. I've been really impressed by, um, by and large, what they've been able to do since that opening series. And it was just when I'm looking at the Brewers and, and the home run derby that they were able to put together for those four games, it, it was hard not to just say, you know what? The Brewers were just the better team in this series. They're a talented team. They're going to be, uh, you know, a thorn in the Cardinals' side all season long, probably the chief competition, at least the way it looks right now for the division. And so I, for me, it was just two good teams. And, you know, if that was a series that took place in June or July, you've got the records behind you that you can say, okay, we know a little bit about what the Cardinals are. But because it was the very first se uh, series of the season, people kind of were worrying, a uh, one and three, you know, not a very good record. Um, but I think this time you can go into Milwaukee with a little bit of a different flavor as a fan, knowing the Cardinals have some talent. They, they What they put together this offseason, um, there might be some issues still they have to work out, but you have a, an idea of the foundation for where this team is going forward. And so I think hopefully that'll – allow fans to at least enjoy this series a little bit and, and know that, you know, they're in a good spot regardless of, you know, you don't want to lose all the games in Milwaukee, but they're in a good spot either way. I think coming up on Christian Yelich when he is having the series of his life, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things you kind of just tip your hat and move on. And yeah. in theory, he won't follow that up with the next best series of his life as they play again in Milwaukee. But there is a question there. How do you approach Kristen Yelich, and should there be a change? I think there were some images going around Twitter shortly after that series. A lot of the pitches that he did hit that may have never come down yeah. were pretty middle-middle pitches. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to make a mistake, Kristen Yelich is going to make you pay for that. I, I wonder if you feel like, after seeing that series, after seeing what the starting pitching has done since if that was as much just those starters not really being where they needed to be as it was Christian Yelich being the best player of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to, to say necessarily you can intentionally walk a guy every time he comes up to the plate, although it did start to feel like that in that first series that maybe that would have been the best course, but I think this time around, yeah, the, the pitchers are going to have to execute a little better. Um, yeah, you're going to be careful with him, um, but but you don't have to, to be so careful that you allow him to alter the game plan like you still have to try to attack this guy and, and certainly a, a pitcher's mentality um, is, is going to be to do that and so they're going to they're going to come up with spots in games where they're going to be men on base and you're going to have to probably put them on at times uh, rather strategically but the problem with the Brewers lineup is it's not just Christian Yelich like they've got a lot of mashers I think one of the better lineups in the National League if not the best lineup in the National League um, just with what they're capable of doing uh, you know, you've got Moustakis and Travis Shaw and Ryan Braun. Like, 
you can't just game plan around Yelich alone and say we can get the rest of these guys out because if, if you start getting into that, that's how they're going to be able to put up crooked numbers on you uh, with guys that aren't named Christian Yelich. And some of those guys have struggled in the last week or so, run in, ran into some uh, strange competition in L.A., got swept by the Angels, um, but then have done all right against the Dodgers, who the Cardinals just saw as well. So it's it's one of those early season things. You never quite know how that's all going to shake out, but you're right. I, I thought early on that as good as the Brewers' bullpen has been for them, their lineup is still their strength, their offensive ability, because there's no easy out. And if you get around Christian Yelich you still have to be careful with the next guy. I thought in that first series, really the first couple of series, overall the Cardinals pitching looked very hesitant as opposed to the attack mode that we've seen from them in the last two series, which seems to have made a bit of a difference. I have to imagine that that is an intentional progression and they have made that adjustment on purpose. I'm curious to see how that plays out with this lineup in Milwaukee because their approach from a pitching standpoint has looked so different the last couple of last uh, last week or so. Yeah, and, and like looking at the names that the Cardinals are going to be throwing out there in Milwaukee, Dakota Hudson in his first start, he started in Milwaukee, and it was a thought of okay, we've seen all these home runs. Maybe Hudson, a ground ball pitcher, can be very intentional and, and effective, efficient with what he does. And sure enough, that all went out the window, and the home runs were still flying against him too. So I wonder if that's maybe a benefit that. You know, and he, he's a guy who has pitched in this ballpark within the last few weeks. He can perhaps use that experience to his advantage, hopefully. Um, and, and we talked about it before we went on and started recording, but some of the pitchers that the Brewers will be throwing at the Cardinals, you know, they, they made the, the Cardinals made Brewers pitching look really, really good in that first series um, in, in a lot of ways. And those guys haven't necessarily had the same success since then. And so the Cardinals will have an opportunity to maybe beat up on some guys who have been getting beat up on themselves the last week or two. The three starters that we'll see from the Brewers, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, and Corbin Burns, these are guys that the Brewers have put out there knowing that they're young and inexperienced, knowing that they're going to have to kind of learn on the job because those are the options that they have unless, you know, they go out and finally sign Dallas Keuchel or something like that. But these are the three guys they want to lead that rotation going forward, and it hasn't been easy. In that opening series, uh, Peralta really got beat up in the first inning. The first inning has been a bit of a struggle for him this year. Woodruff gave up two runs on six hits uh, in five innings, but threw 100 pitches to get there. Burns has struggled with fastball command. In fact, I was just reading eight of the nine home runs he's allowed have come off of that fastball. So they're all things that they can tell where the problems are. It's just a matter of making those adjustments. Now the Cardinals sort of historically, at least in the last few years, have made guys like that <laughs> look a lot better than they really are. So perhaps that is the challenge for this offense that has sort of stopped and started a few times. We saw them in the Dodger series finally get things rolling, scoring in ways other than the home run. But when they were in Milwaukee a couple weeks ago, that's really all we saw from them was the home run ball after home run ball. And that just wasn't enough. Yeah, it was the home run ball was how they tried to score their runs. But I think part of that, part of the reason that it was kind of an all or nothing offense was the amount of strikeouts that they had early on. I mean, Corbin Burns, they ended up getting some runs off of him, but he started out striking out every right-handed batter like a whole time and a half through the lineup. So they've got to be able to have a better approach at the plate, put the balls in play. Um, I think we've seen at times when they're able to do that, guys like Colton Wong, we know we're on the same page uh, with him, being able to 
affect the game in that way when you put balls in play, make the defense work for it. I mean, that's I, I think when we, we saw Jeff Albert coming in as a Cardinals hitting coach, that was one thing that a lot of people were excited about and thought could happen is having a positive plate approach and maybe a little bit different from the past. It certainly didn't start out that way with the amount of strikeouts that they had. Um, but ideally, that's kind of the, the approach that you'll start to see develop more consistently as the Cardinal season goes on. They have sort of corrected course as far as that goes in the last couple of series. You mentioned Colton Wong, though. Um, obviously, we have to talk about his, uh, his start to the season in Milwaukee uh, as two of the most uh, pro-Colton Wong people on the internet. Um, but it's exciting to see what he's capable of. I think he's cooled off a little bit the last week or so, but even then, he's found ways to get on base. He's found ways to be part of kind of changing the dynamics of a game. I think it's going to be really good for him coming off of a little bit of a tough stretch at the plate to go back to Milwaukee where he had so much success. We know what a little bit of confidence can do for Colton Wong. What, I mean, I know we've talked about this, but what does a confident Colton Wong do for this lineup, even when he's all the way at the bottom end of it? I mean, he hasn't moved up. They've kind of left him where he's been comfortable and he's still able to, to change games. Yeah, that's what I like so much about him because with his speed and with his ability to get on base, which I think has always been the game that he's wanted to exemplify, like he wants to be an on-base guy. He said multiple times, I'm not trying to go out there and hit home runs. Maybe when I was younger, a younger guy who, you know, trying to get my footing in the league, that might have been more of a focus. But he's been open and honest about the fact that he doesn't, that's not his game and he knows that. And so at the bottom of the lineup, what I think is so interesting is if he can be I know that Mike Schultz, we've talked too about how he might fit as a number nine hitter, but they're going to continue to bat the pitcher ninth. And so even still, though, if Wong is able to get on base and swipe a bag here or there, how often he can be on base for the guys at the top of the order like Carpenter and Goldschmidt, I think can really just be such a such an effective thing for this team. And we've talked about how Wong's defensive play can can parlay itself into offensive play. And so when he's confident and everything is rolling, you can see this, you know, baseball's a team sport, but you can see the single-handed impact that a guy like him can have and it can show up in all areas of the game. And so that's what I think is so special about him because he can do that. He can run the bases well. He can take a bag for you. He's, he's always looking for those opportunities. And so, uh, you know, hopefully, yeah, Milwaukee will be a way to jumpstart him. Uh, again, the way we saw that first week of the season, that would be great. We'd be we'd be we'd be okay with that. I'd be alright with that for sure. I you know I feel like in a lot of ways his confidence and his energy is a little bit contagious as well. It's something you can't really quantify that, but the number of times that he sort of starts a rally at the at the bottom part of that lineup. I, honestly, last night when he hit that ninth inning home run, I thought, wow, if there's any way that this team can come back and and pull this off, it's because Colton Wong started something. Uh, you know, the downside of a home run is that. <laughs> There's no one no left rally. on base. Yep, yep. <laughs> rally-killing home run. But nonetheless, yeah, what can you do? Um, it, the rest of that offense needs to come around, though. We talked about the top of that lineup. I know Paul Goldschmidt had a huge game in Milwaukee, really a big series, even if the the team results didn't show it. Not a whole lot to say for him since then, and particularly when it comes to driving in runs. He's not been... Uh, shall we say clutch <laughs> so yeah. far with the Cardinals. I know a lot of people are starting to worry about that. Is it fair to two and a half weeks into the season, be worried about Paul Goldschmidt or is this just sort of what the cycle of a season will do to someone who has that many opportunities with runners on base? Yeah, I, I think the biggest disappointment, if, if I can say that for Goldschmidt with me is the strikeouts because 
in those situations, you want to see him be able to put the ball in play because when he does, he hits the ball pretty hard. Like he's a really good hitter. And, and so the, the strikeouts, he's got 18 to lead the team right now, which is a bit of a disappointment. And the, the average is down at 200. And so, you know, he, he's slugging when he does get the hits. They've, they've gone a long way. Um, but to, to more consistently find the elements of his game where he's gapping doubles and he's getting on base with hard hit singles, like those are the kinds of things. And like you mentioned, in clutch situations, you'd like to see him um, be able to, to, to drive in runs. I think um, I've been really pleasantly surprised with what Paul DeYoung has been able to do. Um, behind him has really exemplified the three-hole hitter that a lot of us in the offseason were saying, eh, the Cardinals just got Goldschmidt. Maybe he's that guy they've been looking for at number three, but the, when they go and bat at number two, you're like, I don't know if the other guy can handle it. Well, he has proven all those doubts wrong thus far in the season, um, OPS up near 1,000. And so, yeah, I think Goldsmith coming around more consistently putting the ball in play is what, you know, all I can ask for because um, when, you're, when you're striking out multiple times a game, especially when guys are in scoring position, you're not going to find a lot of success that way. Um, but, but down in the lineup too, you know, Matt Carpenter off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, the, the OPS starting to climb up for him a little bit. Um, but, but as the, the leadoff guy, you'd really like to see the on base, especially be, be where we know it can be for him. Uh, but it's not like he's having a really dreadful start like he did last season. So, um, you, the way I've talked about Parker to this off season too, not a guy I'm, I'm worried about particularly. Um, but yes, yeah, they go down the lineup, like Ozuna, you want to see more consistency out of him. Yachty start to come around, but the, the season totals don't really look uh, like what you want them to. So, and I think we can talk about all that to say, look at where the Cardinals are record-wise. They're still above 500. They're still near the top of the division. With all of these things, we can point to that that could and should be a lot better. And I think we'll get better as it goes along, which is why I, I still think they're in a pretty good spot. You mentioned Molina heating up. I've also been impressed with DeYoung really turning it around. I mean, that opening week was not good for Paul DeYoung, and he no. made some pretty dramatic changes to the way he was handling at bats, the pitches that he was taking versus pitches that he was actually swinging at. It's been an impressive turnaround in just about a week, so we'll see if that continues. Talking offensively, I feel like we got to talk about Dexter Fowler at some point. When yeah. you see what Jose Martinez did in the start that he got this week, four for five on the day, really carrying a, a getaway day lineup to a win. Yeah. And then you replace that with Dexter Fowler. Look, I have staunchly argued that you cannot compare the two directly because what they're supposed to contribute offensively isn't the same thing. You're not expecting Jose Martinez to be the on-base guy. That's what you want Dexter Fowler there for. But the proof is in the pudding, as they say, and what Dexter Fowler is doing is really hard to defend when you've got a guy like Jose Martinez on your bench. It doesn't feel like that's a conversation that's going to go away anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think part of that that it's important to mention is you can make an argument for defense, and we know that Jose Martinez is not a great defender. But I would also argue that Dexter Fowler has not necessarily been a great defender either, um, really dating all the way back to his move to right field. It just I don't I don't know if it's a comfort thing in that spot or it's just a it kind of coincided with a, a little bit of a decline in his physical skills. And I know he had some injuries last year as well. I, I, I agree with you. I said at the start of the season, like because we know that this is what the Cardinals plan is to start with Fowler and give him every opportunity. How long can you do that for? I mean, here's the thing, though. Overall, the statistics, Jose Martinez on the year, not a whole lot better than Dex, but you yeah. mentioned it with the opportunity to start, I think is so important because 
coming off the bench is a lot different of an animal than, than knowing that you're in the lineup on a, on a nearly everyday basis. And so I, and, and, you know, you can't forget about Tyler O'Neill either with what he's able to do. And honestly, defensively, he's the best of the three because of the athleticism that he can bring to the table, um, got the best speed. So you'd like to see him get an opportunity as well. I don't think the Cardinals can go much longer than I said, six weeks to start the season. Um, and if the, if the team is doing well, I can see there's no reason to really panic, but I would want even at this point to start, to start seeing those other guys, at least kind of cycled in a little bit more frequently. Um, just to, just because you might really have a guy who can carry an offense the way Jose Martinez did when he got the start. So I know it's like for a lot of people, it's absolutely baddie that we're even having to talk about it because when you look at last year's stats, Fowler was terrible. This year's stats, it's been more of the same. And so for a lot of people, it's like, why can't we just go ahead and go forward with it? You know, we've seen this in the past in a lot of ways with like the relievers, like the Jonathan Broxton thing. It was like everybody with eyes was saying, this guy doesn't have it anymore. Why are they continuing to try to make this work? And I, you know, you hate to think that it may end up turning that direction with Fowler, but at the very least, I don't think you can, can in good conscience, run him out there on a daily basis past mid-May if, if we're seeing basically no change in, in what his uh, output was last season. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough call for Mike Schilt when it gets to that point. I do think the Cardinals are in a really, I don't know, it feels like a unique situation where you've got two outfielders on your bench, one of them you put in as a late-game defensive replacement for your cleanup hitter, the other one, when he does start, bats third or fourth. I mean, yeah. It's bizarre that that's the, that's the situation they're in with their bench right now, but that's uh, that's where they are with Ozuna and Fowler. Um, we've kind of covered a few of the Twitter questions that came in talking about pitching to Yelich. That was Drew's question. Uh, one of the questions ties in here in that uh, the question is, what struggling player will pick it up first? We've talked about mm. Carpenter and Goldschmidt and Ozuna and Fowler. Which one of those guys do you feel like will get it going first? I'm, I'm going to go with Carpenter because I just think he's that that good. And, and with what Goldschmidt has done, it's not been ideal. But like when your OPS is still 840, it's not like you're completely missing the boat. Again, you mentioned it. Having more success in clutch situations would be nice. But I'm going to put my money on Carpenter because I, I mean, I've seen him do it before. I've seen what he can do after a little bit of a, a slow start once he finds his rhythm. Um, he's a guy that's very intentional about what he does and the way he goes about his approach. And so I know that – you know, it's it's not it's not for a lack of, of, of effort and of hard critical thought on, on how to get into that right spot to get him going. So if I had to pick one of the guys who's really struggled um, and, and it hasn't just been, you know, Carpenter, you know, Bader has has not done a whole lot at the plate. We've mentioned Fowler um, looking at the stats here. Yachty is a guy who has kind of gotten it going a little bit recently, but um, would like to see his numbers climb as well. I'm going to go with Carpenter just because I think, you know, he's a tone setter for this team. He can be when he's right. Um, and I think he'll be able to get right, hopefully as soon as, I mean, Sunday would be nice in the, the final game in Mexico, but in the Milwaukee series, I'll be looking for him to take advantage of some pitchers that have struggled for the Brewers uh, since, since they saw the Cardinals last. Yeah, I think I, I would go with Goldschmidt just because, again, like I said with Colton Wong, 
he played pretty well in Milwaukee, going back to a place where he was a, a he was pretty comfortable in in that opening series. So maybe that'll be a jump start for him. The Cardinals are not facing Zach Davies in this series, who has been the best starter for the Brewers. Junior Guerra has kind of settled in to stabilize their bullpen. Of course, we know yeah. Josh Hader brings to the table. Jeremy Jeffress supposedly is on his way back, maybe in Milwaukee this week. Nothing official announced as of recording this, but he may be back in their bullpen as well. You mentioned it earlier. The Cardinals' bullpen has sort of rounded into form, uh, maybe, well, much quicker than it did uh, last season, for sure. I'm not sure it ever rounded into form last season, but with maybe some names that people weren't expecting to be the stabilizing forces, right? With John Gant being kind of the fireman that can come in in any situation, John Brebbia just being slow and steady in whatever opportunity they give him, and then really Jordan Hicks um, handling the pressure of really being the only guy that they've been trusting in in ninth inning situations. So it's been an impressive run for the bullpen. They got a little beat up last night uh, in uh, in Mexico, but a bullpen's going to have a bad day now and then. Um, that's nothing to, nothing to panic about. Who has impressed you the most out of that bullpen? It's, I, it, it, I, I want to be fair to Brebbia because you mentioned him just steady. He's always there getting the job done. But I think we saw a little bit of that with him last year where we, we started to see the makings of a guy who could turn into a late inning weapon and just a, just a reliable weapon in general in the bullpen. Um, hasn't given up an earned run yet. But you mentioned the name that, to me, has been the biggest surprise. Not that I didn't believe in him as a, as a major league pitcher because I think John Gant showed a lot last year with what he was able to do. But this is like a different role. This is a, this is a do-it-all, like, I'm just going to get you out no matter when you bring me in. Um, last year kind of – was impressed by his ability to kind of float in and out of the rotation and, and pitching as kind of a long reliever. But now he's a guy where if it's the seventh inning and, and, you know, the game's on the line, you want John Gant coming in to clean up the mess because he's just been really good to start the year. I hope that continues. I hope they don't overuse him to the extent that it affects how effective he can be. Um, but man, like when you think about Alex Reyes struggling to start the year, going down to Memphis, um, you know, he was one of the guys, the main guys that along with, with Miller who struggled as well, you think this is a really good bullpen, but it's been Gantt and it's been Brebbia that you can say, yeah, stabilize things so far to where if Alex Reyes does figure things out and, and gets back here and Andrew Miller does kind of more consistently become the, the pitcher the Cardinals thought they were signing and Hicks continues to, to do a fine job as, a, as the de facto closer, even if, you know, they don't really talk a whole lot about it. It's been clear that he's, he's the guy for that job. That is a, a really nasty bullpen and, and not really the way you thought. And I've been on record saying I want Carlos Martinez as a starter if he's healthy, if he's able to be that. But when he comes back, too, if they do decide to kind of bring him along slowly, my goodness, like you can see the makings of a really, really good bullpen if everything else kind of holds the way that it has. Yeah, John Gant has kind of become the Andrew Miller that a lot of people saw a few years ago, which is super interesting to me because came out of spring kind of as the guy that was just not really in a spot, but they made a spot, weren't really sure what it was going to look like, and he's kind of become that you know, Andrew Miller from three years ago, who can go two innings if you need him to. He can come in with guys on base and get out of it. He can shut it down in the ninth if if your closer can't go. It's, I agree, super impressive what he has done. Um, I also think what Andrew Miller does in this upcoming series, how they use him will be really important because he oh, yeah. did not look good uh, in that opening series, really in the first week and a half. And he finally came in, got an appearance, 
struck out the side, looked more like the Andrew Miller that we expected, but it's the repeatability of that that will tell the story for him. So for me, looking at this Brewers lineup, Grandal is tearing it up. We know what Yelich is. Shaw, Aguilar, Braun have kind of struggled the last week or so, but we know that they can turn it on at any point. So again, this lineup has no easy outs, and you know that Andrew Miller is going to be utilized at some point, particularly against the lefties that they have in Milwaukee. So a big series for him to maybe continue riding the ship. If there was a key to this series for the Cardinals for you, what would it be? Man, I think one of the keys is certainly going to be the one you just mentioned with Miller because he's going to face Christian Yelich two or three times in this series. Like, that's what they brought him in to do in the opening series. Yelich beat him, you know, and and the the other at that, he walked him because he kind of, you know, couldn't execute the pitches the way he wanted. Probably not sharp to start the year, as you mentioned. But if Andrew Miller starts to come along, this is going to be a really good test for him because they're going to put him right back into the fire, into that situation, because that's why they brought him here to face the best bats in the the National League Central that hit from the left side. And Yelich is certainly uh, on the top of that list. And so I'm going to be fascinated to see how the Cardinals as a whole neutralize Yelich, but but specifically how Andrew Miller does, because those chances, you just know it's going to happen probably, I would say at least twice, right? Like you might not pitch him every day, but I would say two out of three times, you're going to find the big Yelich at bat late in the game, and you're going to send Andrew Miller out there to hopefully – be able to neutralize them. I think that's going to be real important. The other key to me is don't make these Brewers pitchers look any better than they are. They're not that good. Like, I'm sorry. They're just guys, right? And when when they made Corbin Burns for three innings look like Cy Young in that first series, it was just mind-blowing. So take better approaches than you did that first uh, that first series in Milwaukee. Put more balls in play. Limit the strikeouts to about half of the times that you struck out in that first series. And I think you're going to be in really good shape because – you know, you're running out some really quality pitchers on the Cardinals side. You know what this bullpen's capable of doing. Go in there with a little bit of swagger that you maybe didn't start the season with and, and see if see if you can put together a series win. I think they, they ought to be able to do that. It'll be a good test to see if they can because, again, I think the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to be – And you know, I still expect the Cubs to come along. I don't know what the hell has been going on with them to start the season. <laughs> no one does. Um, I, I, picked them, I picked them to finish slightly ahead of the Cardinals and Brewers um, to start the year. So uh, – weird situation with that, but like the Brewers have been kind of the team that you thought they could be pretty solid. They they haven't completely wet the bed the way the Cubs have. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the Cardinals match up with them in this series. I think it's kind of a bummer that we see them Cardinals play the Brewers so many times early in the year because it kind of limits. I mean, you still play your division rivals like 18 times, but it limits some of those late season contests that like Cardinals and Cubs are going to be playing all the time down the stretch. And that's going to be kind of cool. Um, but you got to take advantage of when when you're scheduled with the team that you're facing and the Brewers of that team this week. And every every game is going to come down come down come down to the end. And you want to to do well in every game because if you've got 92 wins at the end of the year and they've got 93, you'd hate to look back to a game that happened in April for the reason that you weren't able to beat them for the division. Yeah, and and some of those early season woes are unfortunately uh, being showcased in the NL Central, which is going to be. Tough all the way down the stretch. So again, it will be Dakota Hudson, Jack Flaherty, and Michael Waka for the Cardinals. 
Flaherty, of course, coming off of his best start so far. Michael Waka coming off of a pretty rough one in yeah, his last smart. start, trying to uh, rewrite that story a little bit. And Dakota Hudson is really the wild card for me. I-, I know what we saw in spring training. I know what we've seen, what he's capable of. But, boy, he-, he did not look good in his first start in Milwaukee. So a lot of intriguing storylines to follow this week in Milwaukee. Uh, Brendan, thanks so much for uh, for breaking it all down. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to turn that Twitter question on you. Which of the Cardinals' struggling hitters do you expect to turn it around most quickly? Brendan went with Carpenter. I went with Goldschmidt. Who is your pick? Of course, the Cardinals will play the Brewers for three in Milwaukee, trying to rewrite that story a little bit as far as what happens in Miller Park with the Cardinals as the visiting team. Make sure that you're following Brendan on Twitter. Make sure that you're following me on Twitter. Make sure that you're subscribed to this channel so that you don't miss any of the game recaps from this series. And I'll be back next time. Next up, it's the Mets. So stick around for that. I'm Tara Wellman. I'll see you then.